here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. episode 23 and we are continuing our year in review series our seemingly never-ending year in review series but the the end is almost in sight we only have about three more weeks left of the year in review series oh wait no we have a month left <laughs> i think about it counting tonight but uh, we're starting to really get into the home stretch here and today we are going to be talking about the entire world of Joshi Puresu, which of course is women's pro wrestling in Japan. 
with a very knowledgeable return host, uh, Alexandra. Welcome back to the show. You're on our f- first Joshi episode. You're here again, our second Joshi episode. Fast becoming our official Omakaze Joshi correspondent. It's, I'm happy to be back. It was fun doing the first episode. We're going to talk about as much 2017 Joshi as we can. We're going to cover all the major promotions, uh, maybe a couple of the, the ones you might not immediately think of. And then we're going to give um, Alex's picks for the various award winners in Joshi this year, um, who she thinks are legitimate candidates. And we'll talk all about that. You know, I, I watched a bunch of Joshi. I'm pretty far behind, but I got to get caught up. But so I, wa- I watched more from the first half of the year than the second half. But, um, you know, actually, I, I attended a Joshi show for the second year in a row to school. And, you know, I got to, I got to do that. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a cool year for Joshi. There's nothing that stands out the way, um, there were two matches last year that made my top 10 overall, like for the entire world of wrestling, which were, um, Mako Satomura and Aja Kong and Sendai Girls, which I was lucky enough to be there for. That was an incredible match. And the Io Shirai and uh, Mayu Iwatani match right at the end of the year, I think it was like really close to the end of the year. Like, wasn't that match like December 29th or something? Yeah, usually start on year and climax is yeah. near the end of the actual calendar year. Yeah. So, do you know what the main event is for this year? I can't, I don't remember the top of my head. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> if it's Actually, not Beto's retirement, oh, yeah, then... yeah, I think it, Tony Storm against, against, yeah, Sarah. it's Tony Storm and Meiko Satomura versus Yoko Bito and Kumi Roja for Beto's retirement match. Okay. So, so I'm that'll probably be good, but I'm not sure if that's gonna produce something on a level of that Shirai Iwatani match from last year. But no, I mean that was like that was like my number four match of the year overall. So like, I was, there's nothing this year from Joshi that I that I have on my you know that that high. So I mean, I'm sure you're gonna give us some. You, you you've watched a lot more than I have, so maybe you have some picks. But um, you know, it's. I, I probably like if I was going to pick a Joshi match of the year right now, it'd probably be something like um, one of the Chihiro and uh, um, Matsumoto matches. But you know, I'd have to I'd have to actually think about which one because they they kind of blend together in my head right now. But not that it was a bad year for Joshi, though. I, th- I feel like well, maybe I should ask you that. How? What do you think? What, what's 2017 in Joshi overall look like? Was it a good year? A bad year? Just a year? It was good. It wasn't as good as 2016. 2016 mm. felt better because there were a lot more happy endings. Like, mm, well, not quite happy because Mayu mm. didn't beat EO, but that was a great match. <laughs> An outstanding um, match, yeah. But yeah, but Jihiro a... won the belt last year, and we were all feeling good about that. There were a lot of good matches. Even though I think Mako versus Aja is overrated, they've had better I I did not fall in love with that Aja versus Mako match. It was not my favorite. <laughs> it was but, live bias, I'm sure helped. But everyone fell in love with that match. I'm just like, they did better in Gaia Japan. This isn't the best they've done. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this year were a lot of questionable title changes. There were some good title reigns, but a lot of bad booking decisions. Then a lot of top stars had injuries, mm, illnesses tryouts so they were gone yeah um 
And some people who retired this year, they were getting up there in age. And some of the matches, you could feel that they were getting older and couldn't keep up. And a lot of drama outside the ring this year, Joshi Wrestling, I will say, that maybe yeah. took eyes off of the in-ring wrestling. So in-ring has been, it was good, but not great. But outside the ring, there's been some drama. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's pretty much how I feel too. I thought I'm glad to hear it's not just me being ill ill informed, but it just does feel like they like while this hasn't been a bad year, there isn't that one or two matches like there were last year where I feel like, you know, okay, these are like, you know, real top tier matches. Like like that to me, uh, you it's really ridiculous to have a top ten list last year in wrestling in general without that uh, that Mayu Io match. Like I really feel that strongly about that match. Whereas, you know, this year, there's no match that I feel that strongly about. But Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's still, there's still a lot of talent, though, obviously. Yeah. and there's nothing, like, nothing like the dark days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's still Ice Ribbon has their year-end show, and Stardom still has their year-end show, so we could still get another big match. But currently... My big match, I guess I'll go ahead and say my top match this year in Joshi Wrestling. It was Chihiro Hashimoto versus Meiko Satomura from the mm. big show in Sendai, September 24th. It was okay, right see, I, my I haven't, I haven't seen that match yet, so maybe once I see that one, that could be one that cracks my top 10. That's definitely my standout Joshi Wrestling match, my match of the year in women's wrestling. It was just... Like I said, right up my alley, there's mat work, just big, heavy hits. Jihiro was doing her suplexes. There was a scorpion rising from Mako. It was just good. And Jihiro's really come into her own. Like, she's carrying herself like champion. She has the giant headbands like mm-hmm. the other Hashimoto. And she's getting more cheering from the section that's growing from, like, high school wrestling teams. That's just really cool to see. Yeah, can I can I say Tokyo Sports? I I understand why you would give it to EO because, it, it, but like I I can't disagree enough with that. Like it should have been Hashimoto. Personally, I think it should have been Hiro Masamoto. Oh, but, that's a good pick too. That's yeah, I said it on Twitter that it feels like the Tokyo. I wouldn't be shocked if the Tokyo Sports Voting Committee are just like they don't watch a lot of women's wrestling. So when it comes time, like, oh. I guess we need a women's title. Oh, you know, Io Shirai, she's pretty good. And it'll just choose her. She's like the Pixar for the Oscar for animation. Yeah. For those that don't know, it's annoying because there's still the stigma that animation is a genre and not a medium of art for children, despite The Simpsons, Family Guy, all of these adult cartoons. A lot of people still have this idea that animation is a genre and that it's for children. And then come Oscar time, none of these people watch animated films. And they're always like, oh, Pixar, they make good films. Let's vote for Pixar. And that's why Pixar always wins. This year, EO winning the women's title is like when Cars won the Oscar. (laughs) Not deserving. (laughs) I mean, EO just just inactive for long periods. You know, she had the injury. She had The the, the tryout. And then, and then when she came back, it's not like she was back on top. I mean, she, you know, she was in trios. I saw her return match live, and it was a, you know, she was fine, but like she was one third of a trio. It's not like she was a, a big deal. You know, I mean, she was, she was a big deal, but it's not like she's, you know, 
out there having the kind of, I mean, her 2017 is not compared to her 2016. I think that's pretty clear. No, yeah. So, like, so, so her winning the MVP again, it's like, come on now. <laughs> like, she, I don't, was, like just, she was just there this year. She if you, handed if you it give off. it to someone, if you want to give it to someone who started, what, why not give it to fucking Iwatani? Like, this year, Iyoshirai took a step back. Mayu was going to be the new ace. Yoko Bito was doing things. Heck, Queen's Quest, Azumi and Azuki were doing things. Io was going to take a step back, be in trios matches, smile, wave, yada, yada. But then Mayu got the flu. And then Mayu dislocated on a drop kick. She dislocated her elbow. And it's like, oh, no, we need something. Io, we need you. And she's like, okay, I'm the former ace. Let me put on my ace knee pad. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I just, I, I understand it, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I still want to, I mean, Mayu to me is a better candidate, even with the injury, but I don't know. We shouldn't, it's Tokyo sports. I don't think we should debate that heavily. Yeah, it's, it's like, like they, they do whatever they want. Don't think too hard. Um, Before, before we, before we really d- dig deep into Joshi, by the way, I want to give a quick shout out and a thank you to everybody who nominated Omakaze for the Sheedies. Um, we we made the top five in the uh, best interview podcast category. So I am humbled, and I'm sure all the guests on the show. Thank you. I'm sure all the guests we've had all year long appreciate it too. And you know, I just tried to bring something completely different. And we look at the podcast I'm up there with. I'm sure it, you know Omakaze is nothing like the rest of them. So, and I'm not expecting to win when I'm up against like the Steve Austin podcast and. But just getting a nomination for this wacky, kind of silly thing I just came up with one day because I was bored of just talking about Dragon Gate is <laughs> is really cool, and I appreciate it if you um if you listened and nominated us. It's really I, do, I really do appreciate it. I can't say that enough. Actually, um, now I don't know if you saw this, Alex, but some of the people who nominate us apparently don't know how to spell our name. Because, like, I guess it sounds more like so. So I I see their name on the list, but it's O M A K A Z Z E instead of S E. And you know, I I I message uh, whatever the guy's name is, Les, I guess, yeah, about it. And like, I'm just like, you know, thanks for the nomination, but our name's spelled wrong. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll correct that in the final ballot. But uh, more people spelled it with a Z than an S when they nominate you. And I was like, oh, I mean, so we have, apparently we have many listeners who love this podcast and nominate us, but don't know how to spell our name, which is really funny. But um, I, I get it because Omakaze in, I mean, you know, that's how it's pronounced, but like, or, or the closest I can get to it anyway. But, you know, it does sound like Z in English more than S-E. So I guess I get it to a degree, but yeah, it's cool. Whatever, however you spelled us. Thank you for the nomination. I just thought that was really funny that a lot of people think it's a Z. It's an S, everybody. And there are there is S S E and Z they are like different, you know, sounds in Japanese, but I don't know. Maybe I maybe it's me. Maybe I'm pronouncing it so terribly that everybody everybody else just can't just is hearing the Z E. But who knows? Um but yeah, I think that was at the Sheedies and also the the Omikaze Awards are ongoing. Um, you know, we got we've gotten a ton of ballots in from all the all the various guests, and you know, there's still, there's only about ten people left that have to send us a ballot. 
including my co-host today. Um, I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, I just like to keep reminding people, even though you guys have weeks left, but like I, every time I send out a reminder, I get like two or three ballots. So I'm like, if I keep doing this, like at least once a week from now through January, I'll be guaranteed to get everybody's ballot basically. But, but yeah, I mean, it's looking like there's a rest of the year is a very close race between probably the exact two people you could guess immediately. And, and then some other categories like match of the year is not at all a close race. And the first match you might think of is not the match that's, that's winning by a lot. It's a totally, it's a, it's a different match, you know, I mean, maybe you can think of it, but it's probably not the match that it's not the six star special. That's what I'll say. You know? um, but yeah, so we got some cool categories some cool results and it's been really fun just seeing all these, you know, I, I had a couple people, who voted in this say that they like put more care into it because they know it's like such a small panel of like, you know, I don't want to say like wrestling journalists, but like very hardcore wrestling nerds. How about that? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. But, um, and, and a diverse panel too, because we have people who follow all sorts of stuff. We have a lot of, I mean, Lucha is well represented on the ballot because we got people who follow Lucha. We got like GCW and CZW getting votes. We got like Britain and, you know, so not just Japan, but a lot of stuff getting votes. And speaking of GCW, I really want to say too, I went to that um, that Brooklyn uh, bar wrestling thing yesterday. Uh, did you hear about this, Alex? The, uh, the bar. I heard Zack Saber was there. Yeah. So like basically, if people didn't hear about this, it was a big deal on Twitter. I feel like last night, but like basically, like all of New York went to this fucking dive bar in brooklyn and you know I, I i live here in the bronx i try never to go to brooklyn if i can avoid it i really hate brooklyn but um you know not, nothing against you if you live there but i went there for this because i heard you know zach saber jr is gonna have a match with chuck taylor and with no ring in the middle of a bar and then on top of that match Fremont's gonna fight uh this casanova valentine dude in a like a death match with no ring but yeah so it was like kind of like in this in this back room, you know, with like, um, like a concert hall. And they even had like two bands that played in between the matches. The bands were actually really terrible, but it's about what you'd expect, I guess. But just seeing Zack Sabre Jr. Chuck Taylor walk into this, into this fucking concert hall and like exchange arm bars and shit in, in the middle of like this crowd of people in this concert venue it was really surreal. But I really felt like I got my $15 my $15 worth of the cover. And I actually don't doubt either that this is a much better use of my time than going to final battle on Friday, which is, uh, you know, in the, in the Hammerstein. Yeah, you never catch me at a ring runner show. <laughs> it's, it's pretty terrible. I went to, I went to a few this year. We'll talk about it next week. Cause that's a, that's a ring of honor episode actually. But yeah, I fucking sucked. I'm not a big fan. I have to say, but and I, I don't know if you've seen the final battle card. It's like really amazingly terrible. But, I don't keep up with Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean that's fair, honestly. Um, I mean sometimes like, that show's been sold out for months, and then that you look at that card, it's just so awful. But I don't know, like Jay Lethal and Marty Scroll is a dream match now. Apparently, <laughs> like whose dream is this? But. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Joshi. But I just thought it was a little fun aside. If you have, if you want to see, you want to hear more about the the Brooklyn show, 
just go check out my Twitter feed. I, I tweet all about it, kind of. So um, I'm at Two Shanshu in LA on Twitter because I realized I never plugged that. So just try to spell it. You'll get it eventually. Um, but but Joshi, let's start with Sendai Girls because I feel like um, am I am I right to guess that that's your favorite promotion? I feel like it is. Uh, yeah, it's up there. It switches between them and Oz Academy for my favorite promotion. But this year really showed that the title belts don't really mean much because they were going back and forth between Chihiro and Aja and Hiro Masmoto. And then the tag belts are an even bigger mess because Dash Chisako seems to be the only person who wrestles in these tag title matches. Yeah. So let's talk about the, let's do the, 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 the world title first. So the first champion is Mako Satomura. She held it for over a year. Um, October 11, 2015 through October 16, 2016. She lost to Shihiro October 16, 2016. Shihiro had it for 85 days. Lost to Aja Kong on January 9th. Aja had it for 87 days. Lost it to Jiro Hashimoto on April 6th. Jiro had it for 65 days. She lost it to Hiro Matsumoto on June, June 10th. And Matsumoto had it for 35 days, held it through July 15th, at which point Hashimoto won it for the third time. Now, thankfully, she has had the title since July 15th. So we're getting, I guess, a little stability again, finally. But that that's a rough stretch of a lot of title changes. Yeah. And the fact that she's already on her third world title reign... That's not good. She should have had like a good first title reign. I accepted the Aja thing because, well, Chihiro Hashimoto, after all, was a rookie. And Aja Kong's this big veteran. And that kind of made sense that Aja would have won that. And then Chihiro won it back. We all had these great feelings like, wow, that was a great match. Chihiro beat Aja Kong. She did it. She climbed the mountain. And then Hiro Masamoto shows up and takes the belt. And it's like, mm, I don't like this pattern that's developing. And locally, it's up with Hiroyo, and Hiroyo with that eventually got four belts at once. But it's just, why does your title matter if it's just being hot potatoed around? If no one can really defend it that well, then what's so prestigious about this title? Yeah. Why should I care if no one can defend it? I mean, to, like, why Matsumoto needed to have it for a month? I really have no idea. I guess, I guess it gave you that rematch, but like, at least like, they could have, like, I don't know, extended out the, the title reign a little bit. And, you know, this is not like we, we talked about on the, on the All Japan episode, you know, the Triple Crown hot potato. I had a little bit less of a problem with that, but that was coming after, you know, so many solid reigns with uh, Miyahara and even earlier, you know, but even before that. And, I mean, the Sunday Girl World title is not the Triple Crown. I mean, this belt has been around for, you know, two years. So, like, you know, my, I mean, um, you know, Mako was the very first in very first and for a long time the only champion so i feel like it's a little different to hot potato a title that's only been around for two years yeah you don't set it up for success having your star young ace have this title already three times and she's not even been rest she's only been wrestling a little over two years yeah she's already three-time champion it's kind of silly and you know it just looks silly and sounds silly a lot of people on twitter at the time were unhappy and or making jokes about it. So it's not good, but at least we, at least she's been, 
She's been champion since July now. Uh, she had a couple defenses. I know you were saying earlier the defense against Mako is your match of the year. Um, what about, did you see the defense against Cassandra? Uh, I saw the defense against Cassandra during her first reign. I don't know oh. if I saw the latest defense. Okay. I've, I'm very curious about that match. I, I love Cassandra, but I haven't seen it yet either. So. I feel oh, like I like... haven't seen no, I feel like I haven't oh. seen much either because the first half of the year I was good. I was watching shows and then got the job. Second half of the year, I'm just like, have I watched that? <laughs> I don't know. I'll get I mean, to it. I mean, now that I have this network thing, I actually think I'm gonna probably end up watching more Joshi again because it'll, it's just I know it shouldn't it shouldn't be that much easier, but it's so much easier to just turn the TV on and be like, Oh yeah, send that girl here to show, let me just click it. <laughs> Than having it like downloaded on Real Hero or whatever, but yeah. thing, I used to when I had this last time. I used to catch a lot more like classic Joshi because they really like airing, um, not class. Well, classic's the wrong word, but like older Joshi because they they love airing Sunday Girl shows from like two years ago, and Stardom too. Like they do that a lot on the Samurai. So if you just happen to turn it on like when you have nothing to do, you'll just you'll catch all sorts of older stuff. Just cool. Um, but yeah, so the Sunday goes world title. Hopefully, Chihiro can have a good long run with it. I mean, she's already had a run now that's been about you know five months or so. Hopefully, it it continues well to twenty eighteen. Do you think it will? I hope so because the next challenger for that title is Aiko Mata, and I think Chihiro can beat her. And that's my yeah. most anticipated match right now because Chihiro's never really wrestled someone with a lucha style and Aiko Mata, she has the RCN training from you know Battle Arts Gym, RCN Gym. Yeah. So she can keep up with Chihiro on the map, but then you add some of the more lucha submissions. Man, that's it should be a good match. Yeah. Now the tag titles, there there was an issue there with Hikarishita and Shiuri had them from November 23rd through July 15th. I, do, do you like that team? Because I like that team a lot. Yeah, they're one of my favorite tag teams. But Siri signs with UFC. Yeah. And I'm sure professional wrestling falls under mm-hmm. one of those things. Because a lot of sports contracts, you're not supposed to do activities that put your health at risk. Yeah. And pro wrestling puts your health at risk. So I'm sure she's not allowed to professionally wrestle under her UFC contract. Yeah, unfortunately, her last two matches, if you look at her on cage match, were both in July. And she, had, she basically had to drop both tag titles like in, in, a, in a row because they were also the Oz Academy tag champions. They lost those belts to Akino and uh, Kaho Kobayashi, Mission K4. Um, and then uh, that was June 25th. And then July 15th, they lost the Sunday Girl tag titles to Cassandra Miyagi and ja- Das Chisako. Now, that's fine, but then six days later, Cassandra and Dash Kizako vacate the tag titles because uh, Cassandra wants to be a singles wrestler? I don't know. Like, it really never was clear to me why they just Cassandra's like, oh, yeah, I'm a heel. (laughs) That's what it felt like. Yeah, uh, I think Cassandra's explanation was, I don't want to be tied down to a title, so I'm going to vacate. Yeah. Then why'd you challenge for it in the first place? I don't don't know. The booking, I mean, I'm, I'm not to criticize Cassandra, who I love, but, like, the booking doesn't make any sense. Why was she in this tag title match just to just to vacate it? Uh, I don't know. 
Like you, mm-hmm. you, you have a chance to beat this tag team that this this team that like was really over, really popular. You know, very good tag team. They held your tag belts for two hundred thirty four days, and you put up a team that you know is going to break up less than a week later. Like what the heck? So is that that was another example of a very very peculiar booking cha- booking decision on the on the part of said that girls. Yeah, that's been the story of Sunday Girls. Great wrestling. We have two new promising rookies, but the titles are just not good. And what you're saying with this is a dash belt. Like <laughs> five yeah. title five title raids, Dash has had them in four out of five. And there's insane. only been one Sunday Girls tag title match that did not have Dash Chisako. <laughs> She's insane. been in the rest. That's crazy. And I, I like Dash, but like, yeah. oh my god, can somebody else either hold for or challenge this title? Like, hold hold or challenge for this title? I don't understand. But, um, so right now it's Dash Kujako and Kaoru. Who Kaoru is like what, like forty six, right? Like she's still going. Yeah, strong. she's yeah, she's almost fifty. She's a little underrated. Not enough people yeah. know her because not enough people. Outside. I feel like forty eight. Yeah. 48. Not enough people, I feel like, watch Gaia long-term. They watch a couple matches, but Kaoru's kind of a, important. Like, she was with a team with Mayumi Ozaki because they're good friends. She hangs out with Chigusa Nageo because they're good friends. She's in Marvelous, which is on Fresh Live TV, I think, but I'm not yeah. sure how to watch that. But she's good. She's lasted this long, and she's still going hard. She's still doing the Valkyrie Splash at 48 years old. Not a lot of people would be going off the top road at that age. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, she's another one I got to see live on the, the last Japan trip, not this past one, or the first Japan trip, I should say. And again, she's really, you know, I was impressed by how much she did for, at the time, I guess, a 47-year-old wrestler. But um, it's just a great, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. She's probably really underrated. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, hopefully things can uh, things can change for the Sendai Girls titles. Is maybe it's a roster size thing that the titles keep bouncing around, but we just need like a good long reign. Yeah, all we need. And someone, and hopefully, when someone beats Dash and Carol for the belts, we can let Dash do something else for a little while. Instead. Oh, maybe she can challenge for the main title. <laughs> yeah, like anything. Um, but is there anything, anything, any other big stories this year from uh, from Sendai Girls? The biggest I would say is they have two rookies, which is good to see after the two thousands that multiple promotions now are having rookies. Yeah. They have Monami and. Her last, the other one, her last name is Sato, and I can't remember her first name. Uh, but Amy, they look Amy yeah, Sato, Amy Sato, and Monami. Monami's the younger one; she's still, I think, maybe in junior high. And mm. Ami Sato, I want to say, is nineteen years old. And Ami Sato is the one who got her nose busted open in her debut mm-hmm. match against Hiro Matsumoto, which is a great look when you're just screaming at someone and your nose is just pouring out blood. That's a great wrestling look. <laughs> it's very Joshi. Oh yeah, good stuff. Oh, this sh- I can watch this show. It just aired, the Osaka show. There's that aired t- that aired that aired today. Wow. Yeah, 
Okay, because I, I really want to see uh, the tag match actually. So I I may literally just like end end this episode and then go watch it. <laughs> um, yeah, Sunday Girls has been drama free, which is always good. You don't want you know bad press on your promotion. Unfortunately, some other places weren't able to say bad promotion free. Yeah. Oh no, it's actually airing tonight. Sorry. There you go. It's airing tonight at eight o'clock in Japan. So I actually can't watch it today. I'll watch it tomorrow. Um but yeah, that's pretty I mean that's a that tag match at you know Chiro Hashimoto and Matsumoto against uh Yushirai and Mako Satamura. I don't see how that's not good. You know, that's one of those matches that seems pretty pretty difficult to not be good, you know. Yeah. Something would have to actively go wrong for that match to not meet the baseline of this is pretty good. Yeah, so uh, I definitely have to check this show out later. Um, but yeah, so look for that, I guess, on on your real heroes and stuff, probably in the next few days, because it's airing it's airing tonight in Japan. So Japan time, actually, by the time most of you listen to this, it might even be out. Now I think about it. But any other anything else to say about Sunday Girls? Um, watch it. Their shows are usually good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and like you were saying before too, like they have such a great fan base with like those, you know, I saw again, I saw that firsthand, the the college the like high school um you know, amateur wrestling crowd that is there to cheer on Hashimoto and stuff. That's not something you're ever gonna see at a at a startup show, obviously. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, because for those that don't know, in the shoot wrestling world, amateur wrestling, Japan's women's national freestyle wrestling team is the powerhouse of women's freestyle wrestling. They recently just won the Women's Wrestling World Cup. They took the gold medal. They almost swept the competition. Like It was between them and the U.S. to make it to the gold medal match. They swept us. Yeah. Or the U.S. may have won one match, but it was like a Oh, well, at least we want something. They're the team to always beat. They even they started in the 70s. They took a bunch of judoka and told them, you're going to be a wrestler now. And they just <laughs> turn out champions. Yeah. Uh, doesn't Animal, like Animal Hamaguchi or too, right? Like he has a lot to do with it because of his daughter or whatever? Yeah, his daughter. And I think she wanted to become a wrestler, but at the time, Joshi Wrestling wasn't popular, so she stayed amateur. But yeah. yes. And usually are... Tokyo's sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, you go ahead. All right. And usually Tokyo Sports with their awards wrestling, they give the Japanese women's national team a special award because they're that good. They're the wrestling yeah. team from Japan. I'm looking I'm just looking through the twenty sixteen Olympic results. Here you go. Forty eight kilogram women's Japan number one. You know, gold medal. The the uh, 53 kilogram Japan silver medal. <laughs> it's like 58 kilogram Japan gold medal. Yeah. <laughs> it's just every 63 kilogram Japan gold medal. 69 yeah. kilogram Japan gold medal. <laughs> and 75 kilogram. Oh, Japan didn't medal on that one. I don't know what happened. But there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a big upset in the Olympics when the American beat, I can't remember her name. But when the American beat the Japanese wrestler, it was a big upset because everyone's just like, oh, she's going to gold medal again. And she didn't. And it was a big deal. But, mm. yeah, the women's national team 
is a powerhouse and Chihiro came from their junior system. So she came into pro wrestling with a high pedigree. And, you know, a, a natural fan base and all these other women. Yeah. You know, that, that, that amateur, I mean, it's a very, it's very much encouraged there, I guess. To, you want to keep it going, basically, and they, it's a good thing for them. They they decided not to drop wrestling in the, in the Olympics. Yeah. Oh gosh, I was so happy when they decided to keep that in. I'd be like, can you imagine if they they didn't have Olymp- Olympic wrestling in 2020 and with the Olympics in Tokyo? That would have sucked for them. Yeah. I'm sure and they're... then, like the Olympic, the modern Olympiad was one of the things that helped the Greco-Roman revival. They said, hey, you know, and back in the day in ancient Greece, there was wrestling. We should bring wrestling back for the modern Olympiad. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, I, I definitely think, you know, to, with all the success of that national team, to, to tell that national women's team that, um, you know, you're not, you can't wrestle in front of your whole country, that would have been really ridiculously cruel. It would have been disastrous. Yeah. But, um, that's good that it got reinstated. Nothing good, nothing bad to say about there, I guess. But yeah, so that's Sunday Night Girls. Good promotion. People should watch. I'm literally going to watch some <laughs> right after, well, not right after the show, but as soon as it airs on Samurai. So definitely check them out. I'm excited for that tag match. And to find out why, like, Aja Kong and Cassandra Miyagi went really fast. <laughs> Let's see what happened there. Um, but yeah, so that's Sinai Girls. Let's talk a little Oz Academy now, since you brought them up before. Um, you know, what, what is Oz Academy 2017, if you had to sum it up? What would you say? Um, Haas Wrestling is one of the few <laughs> places you can see bigger women wrestle a big style. I mean, the champion is Yoshihiko, so that's gonna... Yeah. You know, Yoshiko. some people. Yoshihiko's Yoshi- the blow up doll. <laughs> the champion is not the blow up doll, everybody. It is, in fact, uh, Yoshiko, not not Yoshihiko. Thank you for correcting me. Um, Yoshiko, you know, obviously, there's plenty of people. We were talking about this off air, like who don't don't care for her, and I, I get it to a degree. But we we were both talking about how, like, you know, she's not the first wrestler in, in Japanese wrestling history to shoot on. Her opponent, nor will she, have, nor will she be the last, I'm sure. So sometimes the it's a little out of proportion, but you know, I, I get it. I don't want to make myself. I don't want to make it sound like anyone who chooses not to watch her is like a terrible person or anything. I just think, you know, I think maybe don't you shouldn't don't you don't need quite as much like moralizing to people who do decide to watch her. You know, yeah, like don't come into every article. Or tweet if someone's saying, "Oh, I enjoyed a Yoshiko match." You're like, "How can you enjoy a Yoshiko match? She broke Akiyasakawa's face. How she murdered a someone? woman. Ah. She killed her rabbit. She killed her. She killed Stardom." Yeah, I mean, like it's a, it's it's okay if you don't want to watch her. Just it's the same thing I say with like even like Don with like Don Shokudino or something. Like I I get it. If you don't want to watch these people for 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 what are basically legitimate reasons, but like, there's a lot of stuff you can complain about that uh, people are doing way worse things in the world than watching Yoshiko or Dashokudino matches. You know, like you don't have to go in their mentions every time. Basically, what I'm saying. Yeah, 
like stop annoying article writers every <laughs> time they type the word Yoshiko. Yeah. Like I, I get it, but like calm down also. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> with that is most of those people don't even watch Joshi wrestling. Like I know senior Lariato said he doesn't want to watch promotions that promote Yoshiko. And I respect that he watches other Joshi wrestling. Yeah. So I can respect that decision. But don't be some, I'm going to say, a Bushiro New Japan person who heard about Yoshiko shooting on Act As Cow. You can't even name five people in stardom now. And then come up into my mess mentions. You're like, how could you have any praise for Yoshiko? She broke Act As Cow's face. She made Act As Cow retire. And I'm just like, I understand that. And I understand your anger. That's legitimate. But at some point, you need to realize her fellow wrestlers weren't mad. Like, that situation isn't black and white. It's pretty gray. Like, you could ask, why didn't anyone try to stop Yoshiko? Why wasn't there much intervention? They let the match happen. They aired the match. They put the photos of Axe face on magazines. Shibata even threw a magazine off the desk when someone handed him the magazine. Like, And there, were more, there was more going on there, too. It was like yeah, a, like, it was a proxy war, as you saw with, you know, it's something she got caught up in as much as anything else. But, yeah, and like it's not black and white. It was a bit of a great thing, and then Yoshiko retired. Nanai Takahashi popped up and said, "Hey, I'm leaving Sarnum and I'm starting a new promotion." And oh, look who's here, Yoshiko. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's it's just every everybody can always calm down when it comes to stuff like this. It's like. I promise you're not the, you know, it's like who, who can be the most moral wrestling fan? It's like, well, well if, if, you, you're... if you, if you, here's, here's one, here's one for you. If you watch WWE, but tell me I can't watch Yoshiko, Yoshiko, you're full of shit. And then Vince McMahon has done worse than break a woman's face. I, and uh, then let's not go down this slippery slope of exactly. what's morally right. Cause let's be honest. Wrestling isn't the most morally right thing to be involved in. Because yeah. who knows what's happened in all those dojos over the years and decades. Oh, that's, true. that's true, too. Like, yeah. look at Dragon fun. Gate. That's <laughs> that's the house of horrors right there. Yeah, Dragon Gate and, dojo. And there's there's people in wrestling that probably murdered somebody in a dojo. I mean, but, yeah. Yakuza connections are a dangerous thing. Yeah, so... Anyway, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so awesome Yoshi goes cha- Yoshiko's the champion. Yes, she beat, she beat Hiro Matsumoto for the champion. Matsumoto had held the title for almost a year, uh, November thirteenth yeah. to October 29th. She had made four or three successful defenses during that time, um, and then she lost the belt to Matsumoto on their the Yokohama, the Yokohama Bunka Gymnasium show. Um, but yeah, that's uh did did you see that match? The Yoshiko and Matsumoto match? Not yet. That's one that I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. And then stuff yeah. comes up. But basically, Oz Academy is where you can see like people wrestle big and to their size. Cause you have Yoshiko and Tsubasa Kuragaki and Hiryo Matsumoto and Ajakong. They're not gonna be your little high flyers you see in like Ice Ribbon or Stardom. They're big women and they hit hard. Tsubasa Kuragaki is a name not enough people talk about. Her finisher, I want to say it's like the steel wing. I can't remember the exact name, 
but that's one of my favorite finishers. And Tsubasa and Yoshiko are having a little feud this later half of this year. And now Tsubasa Kuragaki's going to be the first challenger for Yoshiko's belt. Well, that, that actually that actually happened, but it hasn't aired yet. Oh yeah, in December. Yeah, so it was December. It was on the. I was going to say the December third yeah. show, uh, the Oz Academy No End Taboo, and that's going to be making air on Gayora because Gayora has to wait two fucking weeks to air everything. That's going to air, I believe, next Tuesday. I had it on my Twitter feed the other day. It's definitely next week. So you know, definitely check that out. That'll be making air soon. Yeah. And- um, also has a had a tag match a six man, Alex Lee, Mayumi Ozaki, and Yuma Yumi Oka against Akarashita, um, Harui, and Sayori Ano, and Adaja Kong versus Matsumoto singles match. So, oh yes, and that singles match was determined the next number one contender. But that tells you how frazzled I am. I forgot the show aired despite <laughs> talking about the results. Well, it didn't air, but it it it, it, it took happened. place. It happened. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So, oh shit! Tsubasa's the oh I I didn't even put two together on who Tsubasa is. She's like that giant muscular woman from JWP. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Her okay. and Kari Oniyama. All right, she's awesome. Exactly. Not enough people <laughs> talk about her. She's I, I saw good. I saw her I saw her live all the way back in Chikara for the King of Trios. Like when she came over here, like got to be like seven years ago now or something. And then I saw her again on that. YMZ show this year, and she was still very muscular, I have to say. Yeah. Very strong lady. Exactly. And you see her a lot in Oz Academy, and you see a lot more of that strong, just pure hits, no no flips, no running the ropes, just hits and power bombs and lariats. And that's what a lot of Oz Academy has, because they're, most of those women are veterans, and Mayumi Ozaki has a lot of friends with the older Joshi crowd. So they all show up in her promotion and fight. And Tsubasa and Yoshiko, they didn't do the standard, like, oh, I'm going to grab your hair and look at you angrily. They fought. They fought in that ring for their angle. And they had that match, and that was exciting. And now Hiryo and Ashokan had a battle for no more contendership. And then on the undercard, the tag match, the tag titles, those were also fun because, like we said earlier, in Sendai, Hikaru Shida and Siri had the tag titles. They fought with members from Mission K4, which is Sonoko Kato, Kaho Kobayashi, Akino, and formerly Kagesu. Kagesu mm. went on hiatus. And then they picked up a new girl from Beginning Pro, home of the actress girls, Kagesu Sekiguchi. And like Kagesu, she comes from a dance background. She has short hair. And Sonoko Kato now has like her own little rookie. She gets to help train, and she seems excited. They have matching shorts and fanny packs now. <laughs> that's cool. But but yeah, so that's you know, Oz Academy, they got some like you're saying, they got some cool stuff. And like and that that Corican, you know, again, making air next week, it'll sure I'm sure it'll be on Real Hero, you know, shortly after theirs next week. So that's that's that sounds like a card I'm gonna check out. Yeah. Um so let's see what else about Oz Academy. So the the, the current tag champions are uh, Maya, Maya Yuhiki, or Yuki, sorry, Maya yeah. Yuki and Mayumi Ozaki. Um, they held, the, they won the belts October 29th from Mission K4, who, as we mentioned earlier, won them from Hikaru Shida and Siuri. How is Hikaru Shida adjusting okay to life without Siuri? Because I, I like her a lot too. I feel like I haven't seen her name as 
often as I had pre tag team. Yeah, she's oh, definitely taking a break this year. She did, feels she like. did Shimmer. Oh wow! I didn't even know she did. Did you know she did Shimmer? Well, uh, I knew. Yes. I knew. Oh, I knew, oh, oh. sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, I knew Oikazuki Hiro and Aja came over for Shimmer. Uh, she did too. So she huh. did. Four, she did four matches in two days for Shimmer Volume ninety-seven through ninety-nine. She had a chat. I don't. I have no idea what Shimmer's release schedule is like, so I don't. Probably, oh, it's a mess. Yeah, so it's probably it's probably going to come out next year, right? Or something. Yeah, because the Dallas WrestleMania weekend show is still on pre-order. <laughs> okay, so at yeah. some point in the very far, far away, you can see her challenge Mercedes Martinez for the Shimmer title. Uh, you can see her fight cheerleader Melissa. Uh, you can see her fight Nicole Savoy. Or Savoy or Savoy? Uh, Savoy. Savoy. You can see your team up with Nicole Savoy against Aja Kong and Mercedes Martinez. That actually sounds like it'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, there you go. That's what she. There's one thing she did. I'm looking through her results here, and she's kind of just been all over the place again. Yeah, um, it feels like she's. Oh, I, I think, you know what? The one wave match I saw all year long was the the 15 minute time limit draw with Asuka. I remember that being pretty good, but. There you go. Yeah, uh, somebody, that Shimmer somebody... release schedule is a mess. Ask anyone on Twitter who likes Shimmer. They'll tell you, oh, it's a mess. It'll be like two, maybe three years before we see Chicago. <laughs> so, well, that sucks because I, I actually kind of, they, they could if they could just find a way to sell to sell me that match, I would watch that. But that Hikaru, uh, Shida, and Mercedes Martinez match. Mercedes Martinez is one I liked way back in the day, so. But I don't know what uh what what the problem is here in 2017 that we can't just release shit digitally when it when it's you know when it when it fucking takes place. So whatever. Well, they could always probably ask Powerbomb. Powerbomb TV would probably love to help Shimmer get stuff digitally out there. Yeah, I mean I don't know. What 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 is the one on WWN Shine or whatever? Yeah. That's kind, of, that's kind of supposed to be like a shimmer replacement kind of, right? It's, yeah. It's like more regular shows and not as good. And I, well, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah, they run more regularly. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like the old guard for American women's wrestling. They're falling behind because now there are more places women wrestle in America and there's more visibility. And it feels like they're all falling behind because they're not catching up. I see. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's too bad because I think the the separate promotion model is there's 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 definitely positives to that, you know. Yeah. And it's like I I wish Shimmer could have, um, I guess had a big. I mean, Shimmer back I guess had its day, you know, but yeah, it, feels, like, it just feels like it wasn't. It hasn't really been sustainable. No, like back in the two thousands, it was definitely. Because outside Japan, Mexico wasn't doing much with women. Shimmer yeah. was it. And that was the one place you could see Japanese stars on a U.S. soil. You had to go to a Shimmer show. And before digital streaming was good, yeah, you bought the DVDs because where else were you going to get it? Yeah. It's very, but it just seems like, the, like, like Ring of Honor, you know, who they were connected to, they, have, they never got with the times. And unlike Ring of Honor, they don't have a giant corporation behind them. So there you go. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so Oz Academy. Um, it seems like they had a overall quality year. It sounds like you liked them. Yeah, this was definitely a good year. Unlike Sinai Girls, the main champion had a long reign. She almost went a year. The challenger didn't appear out of nowhere. They had a short little feud. We had a big show, over 3,000 people. Big match, title change. Yushiko quickly had a challenger. It's very steady. Mm. Like, I, we know where we're going. We know what to expect. There are no shocks. Yeah. So what, what was the show that did 3,000 people? Uh, the Yokohama show. Because the Yokohama show is their big show. Yeah, the Yokohama Undersea Unexplored Expedition. Yeah, yep. oh, wow. No, that did 37.89. Wow. Yeah, that's the biggest yeah, so that's Joshi a... show in recent memory. Yeah, so you got to give them got to give them props for that because that's a, I mean that'd be a good number for a lot of men's promotions now. So, um, that had the Ajakan Manami Toyota match, which I'm sure was the big draw. Yeah, and uh, they won 20 minutes, and yeah. that went about as well as you think 2017 Toyota <laughs> and Ajakan could do. Yeah. It was emotional, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Which, um, with without with Manami Toyota about to retire, I guess we can briefly touch upon that kind of feels like it's time huh yeah i mean i don't i don't really disagree you know I got, i'm glad i get to go see her again in ymz again of all places got to see her play musical chairs and <laughs> uh draw things and all the other shit they do at the end of the show but you know it's just it she she lasted a long fucking time you gotta give her that for for that oh, style yeah. for that style too i mean to still be wrestling and God, how old is she? Like, they're all like forty something. Yeah, so like to to still be wrestling after all these years is pretty crazy. She's one of these girls too that because she she wrestles a certain style, she's like deceptively big. You know, like she's like you know five six and like one hundred and sixty pounds. So like, she was kind of able to like transition away from like the high flying style so much to just being like this big ass kicker, which yeah. I think really let her. Really let her like last longer than she than she might have otherwise been able to. So, um, but yeah, I mean it was a it's a hell of a career. I don't know. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm not one of these weird Manama haters. She was a great wrestler. <laughs> like I don't hate her. Her style is my preferred style. Like outside of big multi promotion shows, I'll probably go to a JWP show to watch before mid nineties AJW. But mm-hmm. when you talked about her height, I think. Uh, a friend JML told me AJW used to have a height rule. You need to be at least I want to say five five or five foot six, and that makes sense because when JWP was around, they had no height rules, and those girls were short. Yeah, like Command Bolshoi, I think, isn't even five feet tall. Yeah, and obviously, you know, Japanese women aren't that tall to begin with. If you look at the national average, I mean, not, neither are Japanese men really. So you know to like I guess it's probably just the AG, AJW like they could pick the best of the best, you know, and they were like, well, yeah. we want to go for the tallest girls for whatever reason. I mean, later on they would have, you know, God, what the hell is that one girl's name? Mo- like the one who used to team with Nane Takahashi, Momo oh, something. God, yeah, Momo. I'm very. I keep yeah. I, I keep wanting to say Watanabe, but that's not right. That's the girl I'm no. now. Yeah, I know exactly I know, that's what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, and I could picture her face in my head. I just can't think of the name off the top of my head. I'm going to look it up because it's bothering me. But, but you know, yeah. like, oh, I mean, Momo Nakanishi, there you go. Yeah. But, but yeah, it. I mean, like, so, so like, so she, you know, Momo Nakanishi is like, I think five foot even, maybe even shorter than that. So I guess by, oh, five foot two. But yeah, but so I guess by then they didn't have the role, but that was like, like she didn't even make her debut until, uh, well, like 96, looks like. Yeah, well, by 96, AGW wasn't the only. Yeah. Per people in town, when you're the only promotion, yeah, you can say, "Whoa, we want them at least this tall. We want you to do squat at least this much, lift yeah. this much." But yeah, once you get competition, you have to break rules, like the retirement rule. They got rid of that. Got rid of yeah. the height rule. Well, the retirement rule was a big deal because that yeah. was that. Like a lot of girls, I think, did not want to retire when they did. And no, you saw not. how much you saw how many of them came back with all the other promotions. Yeah, you know, but you but, know, society says you need to settle down and get married and have a child. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I mean, not that Japan's like the most progressive country now, but even like back then, it was more conservative than it was even is even now with that stuff. You look at the, yeah. the plummeting birth rate and everything. It's like clearly a lot of women are not settling down and having children. Yeah, and then surprisingly, like some of the fashion people I follow from Japan on Instagram, two of them have become mothers and got married. I'm like, way to break the statistic, guys. Yeah, it's like wow, they're they're fighting against the tide. Yeah, but if you go, when you go to Tokyo too, it's like you totally get why. Like it, this is not like a mystery where it's like, oh, I see so many families. It's like no, I just see single people everywhere. Really, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, and. There are like a lot of factors. One of them's money, getting houses. Yeah. And then the traditional thing of you stay with your family until you're married. And so a lot of these people are just staying with their parents. And then your parents get old, so you have to take care of your parents. So you keep staying with them. You don't have as much time to go out, meet people, get in relationships. Well, yeah, I mean I've read a lot I've read a lot of articles about this too. And like one of the ones I was reading actually like talked to, you know, like Japanese people there about it. And like the thing that kept coming up was like you know, the men, the men felt like they, they didn't have these like cushy salary men jobs anymore. So they didn't want to be like responsible for providing like they, like they would still, they still feel like they're expected to there. But then the women were like, well, I like my career. I don't want to give up my career. So it's like, there's, there's some like lack of communication there. Cause you read this article and it's like, well, just then just get married, but don't and have the kids, but just don't give up your career. And then the man doesn't have to provide, but it's just like, they for whatever reason they just can't get that they can't cross that bridge so they just instead decide not to get married not have kids yeah like, and part of that is japan isn't the best place to be a working mother because no. a couple of decades ago it was one of the worst places to be a working mother because they're, they're trying i know like yeah it's a government thing but like it's still a struggle yeah and part of that is the work is not very flexible with scheduling and then also it's a societal thing like oh you're yeah. a mother you should stay home with your kid let yeah. your husband provide but instead they're just not having the kid basically but i mean you know i'm i shouldn't stand here and talk because i'm i'm in a very long-term relationship and neither one of us are going to have kids either so and by the way the, the, the birth rate is going down in america too especially if you look at like only white people so well, it's just like who has the money, who has the time, who has the money, who has the time, and also the the, the sun is exploding, or <laughs> you know, like the the planet is getting like I don't know that 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 one to me is always the one I think of. It's like there's a good chance, like like sixty to one hundred years from now, 
the earth will barely exist, you know, like, but all the shit you read about global warming and how it's just accelerating even faster than scientists like thought their worst case was a few years ago. It's like, why would you want to bring a kid into that? It's like, oh yeah, grow up and get old and then maybe watch the planet melt once I'm already dead. Have fun with that. Hope that works mm. out. Have fun with the Mars colony. <laughs> but somehow this became kid cast, which is Yeah. <laughs> But it's cool. Uh, you never know. You never know where an episode's gonna go. Yeah, basically, AGW was very restrictive because societal norms. Yeah, which has got it got better. AGW had to drop it, but also I think society got a little better about that. Yeah, it's more. They're more open to the idea that women just are not gonna settle down and have the kids. So, do you want to want to spend your life fighting? <laughs> I guess have fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Oz Academy. Cool. Good year. It yeah, like. good year. Good stuff. Um, let's let's talk a little seedling. Um, you know, there there's still not still nothing close to a full time promotion. If you look at the amount of shows they held this year, you're talking uh, ten. Oh, a, about one a month. They skipped February and they skipped April. When they had two shows in May, um, they had two shows in August. They skipped June also. It's two shows in August, um, and they've done a show a month since then. We'll see. I don't know. Do they have anything scheduled for December? I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, jeez. Um, I don't know if they have anything for December. They so might, they might be skipping January. Yeah, they might be skipping December then. But um, they still don't have any titles, which I find interesting. But um, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, Seedling is still a young promotion, and it feels like a produced show each event. It feels like a Nanai Takahashi produced show because yeah. there are no real storylines. It's just a motley crew of different styles on a car together. Yeah. A lot of them are just friends of people in promotion and they have matches and they're usually pretty good. You usually have a high speed title match or a high speed match. Yoshiko has a match. Arisa Nakajima, she might be tagging with Tsukasa Fujimoto or fighting against Tsukasa Fujimoto. Takahashi does whatever the heck she does. And you might have a couple other guests. And yeah, there's nothing coherent about it. It's just, we have a card. It's going to be at Kirken Hall. It's probably going to be good. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's it's an easy watch, I guess. Yeah. And I can, let me saw solve the mystery of where they air the last one it looks like they only air on nico so there mm. you go i'm looking at uh i'm looking at various results and it's all seems to be nico i could have sworn i saw them on samurai yeah because they at have some the... nice production values for a nico show yeah. i could have sworn the one the one where she fought masao tanaka which which is an awesome match by the way <laughs> i love i mean if you you know if you're not if one of those people who can't stomach Man on Woman Violence is one thing, but like that match was awesome. I don't know if you ever. Oh, there you go. They they did air on Samurai back in May, so I don't know. They haven't aired since on Samurai since May. Okay. I don't know what's up with that? Yeah. Um, have you ever seen that match with her and Matsuo Tanaka? I haven't seen the Tanaka match or her TLC match with Great Sasuke. I haven't seen the Sasuke one either, but the the Masao the Masao Tanaka one I really liked. That was really awesome, and she and Tanaka gave her a lot. <laughs> Like, if you if you go in thinking it's going to be like, you know, Masato Tanaka is a pretty big star, you know, you think maybe he won't give her, like, he just, like, he really let her, 
do almost all of her offense. And it was like a long 20 minute match. I mean, he won in the end, but I mean, she looked like she looked as close to as equal as I think you could have possibly done. So, I mean, definitely maybe if, maybe if people just aren't into intergender at all, then I, I get it. But like, I thought that was a, maybe just cause Nane is so like, you know, she's tall and she, she looks like she can handle herself, you know? Yeah. So, so I, th- I thought it worked really well. Yeah. But. It sounds not like the Minoru Suzuki versus, Kana matches, which I were never, I was never a fan of those matches. Yeah, nothing like that. I think I've seen one of those. So not, nothing like that. So, like, this is more like, you know, two people just, like, they hit each other pretty fucking hard. So you don't want to see, like, a man hit a woman, I guess. I, I get it. But, like, I mean, she gives it back to him just as good as he gives it to her. So. Um, yeah. And, okay, so I guess the big thing with Seedling this year was Sari was there, and then Sari left. Hmm. And then some people try to say, oh, sorry, never wanted to be there. But Pro Wrestling Diana and Seed League evidently had uh, the same owner. And he was like, oh, sorry, I'm going to put you in Seed League. And she evidently never wanted to be there because she looked sad at the press conferences. Mm. And I think she just doesn't like press conferences because she <laughs> always has that dead face. Yeah, no, I hear you. Well, does, Diana's one of the ones that like never makes tape, right? They do not make tape, and it sucks because they have, like, three young wrestlers there, including Sari, and, geez, it would be great to see what rookies of Kyoko Inoue look like, but I can't because they don't make tape. Because Jaguar Yakota is regularly a part of Pro Wrestling Diana. You know, Kyoko Inoue, Kaoru Ito, you know, some older AJW vets is... Besides Odd Academy, Pro Wrestling Diana is the uh, the mom's promotion. Yeah. And they don't make tape. Yeah. The, I've been looking here at like their Kirk and Hall show in June. Made it with Aja Kong, uh, Jaguar Yakota, and Taru against Kyoko Inoue, Manami Toyota, and Shiro Kozanaka. Interesting match, but did not make tape apparently. It also has like uh, Kayaru and Mima Shimoda against Maroko, Mar- Mariko Yoshida and Takako Inoue. Like, I would have watched this. I would have watched this shit just for just for like old times' sake. Yeah, like that's Diana. It's the mom's promotion. You can see all the vets there. Yeah. Um, that's too bad, I guess. Yeah, and uh, the other big story with Seedling was there was a feud between Rina Yamashita and Yoshiko. It was basically like if the two delinquents of a school met up and were like, "I hate you," "Oh, I hate you too." <laughs> But after their fight, they gain respect because that's what happened. Yoshiko and Rina basically hit each other. They had their matches. And at the end of the feud, they both took a squat and flipped the bird because they respect <laughs> each other now. That's funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so it sounds, I mean, it sounds like you should watch, you know, I get, again, you, people, some people are just never going to watch Seedling because of the Yoshiko thing. But um, when I watch it, I usually enjoy it. Yeah, it, the shows all have a diverse set of matches. You have the high speed match. You have whatever. You had a TLC match a couple months ago. Not a lot of promotions do that in women's wrestling. Yeah, and they're usually good. Like oddly, Seedling is a place where you can see a lot of Wave wrestlers outside of Wave because. Yeah. God help you if you actually pay for the Wave Network. <laughs> Catch the Wave. Or... 
<laughs> I don't know what Gami's doing. I think I'm just going to buy the DVD of the 10th anniversary show from Amazon because yeah. I'm not paying for that network. What do you think was the, they were the, they were the, because I, 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 one of our, um, one of the people in the voice wrestling Slack, I think it's, uh, oh God, he's going to, if he ever listens to this, he's going to hate me. But he, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm probably safe. Um, the guy, the guy we have that always is talking about Joshi, Kevin Wilson. There you go. He he actually subscribes to the Wave Network, and he basically says that they they update it like once every three months or something. Yeah, it's like I really think bad. The month of August, they didn't upload anything, which I'm like, you just had your 10th anniversary show at Ota Ward. That's kind of a big deal. You think you would have uploaded that fast? But nope, they took their blessed time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. And, well, I guess, do you want to talk about Wave now? Well, we, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. Are you. Uh... Well, it will be just a quick thing. Like, Wave is one of those promotions. I love the women on that roster. You have Aiko Hamada, Ryo Mizunami, Misaki Ohata, Asuka. You have their sister promotion with Rina Yamashita. They have so many cool women on that pro- roster, and they don't yeah. do anything. Gami doesn't do anything. That could be a hot promotion with cool Corgan Hall shows, but nope, they're one of the lowest drawing at Corgan Hall. Misako Hata only just got that title reign, and Gami just does, she just sits there at her little desk, barely uploading to the network, barely doing anything to create buzz. She's just there with her glasses and sometimes I'm just mad at her. I see her face, and I'm just like, I hate you. Because you have something, you can make this a place for young wrestlers. But nope, we're fine. We don't have to improve. We're okay. So Wave is one of those promotions, it could be better if they tried. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I I think Wave was a promotion that I could have gone to their show the same, like the same time like as a G1, but then it ended up being like just too fucking far away to get from there to G1, the G1 final. I think it was Wave. It was somebody yeah. running like a big building. Yeah, that, so they were in Oats Award. Yeah, so it was Oats Award. So I was, in, I was in Tokyo at the time, but we just, I, you know, Taylor, my, my friend Taylor, who was also on the trip, and I both really wanted to go to that Wave show just to see it. And like, we just could not figure out a way to actually get from Oats Award to Sumo Hall because these two these two buildings, you know, if they had been running Cork and Hall, it would have been perfect because you know, it's like a you know ten minute by train. But we we looked it up and like Oda Ward to Sumo Hall is like forty five minutes, like just not close at all. So it's unfortunate, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll have to talk a lot more about Wave. I mean, just you know, um, do you want to move on then to? I guess we can do Stardom. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we haven't talked, and I'm sure this is the first one a lot of Western fans think of, um, you know, for for some reasons that are obvious, actually. This is like the idol promotion. Um, what did you think of Stardom 2017? Because I think a lot of people thought the sky was falling when um, Yu Shirai and the Kari Hojo were leaving for WWE. Um, obviously, it, it, I'm sure it helped that only Hojo ended up being the one to leave for good. But, you know, Yushirai failed her physical or whatever. But, um, you know, and I, I still think, I maintained the time, I still, I think they could have survived losing EU2. 
I think so too. With Yokobito being a good secondary to Mayu, it's just been a little unfortunate with all the timing of injuries and illnesses. Because earlier this year, Mayu had the flu. Uh, Io, she had the neck thing, and she went to her tryouts for WWE. Kyrie left. Um, and then later this, well, Momo Watanabe got injured this year or late last year. It's just a lot of unfortunate timing because then now Bito's retiring. Uh, yeah. Mayu Tani's injured with her elbow dislocation. We don't know when she's coming back. And it feels like we didn't move forward. Like we took a step forward and Mayu got the red belt and it was going to be new ace. But then we took that step back when she got injured. Tony got the red belt. She left the country. Io now mm-hmm. has the white belt and she's the ace again because Mayu's injured. Beto's retiring. The latest crop of foreigners coming in have been pretty bad. Yeah. Like this year, Sardom has gone really hard in the visual fighting. And it's not good. They had a better 2016 than 2017. I would definitely agree with you there. I mean, the, the show I went to was fun, you know, and it, it was really cool to go to a Kurgan to a Kurgan just to see it. Um, but you know, the it, it wasn't like it was like anything on the level of the stuff I'd see on tape in 2016. It was a fun show, and I'm happy I went. But that was even before Mayu Iwatani, um, you know, lost the, you know, got injured and everything. So like that's just totally you know it's not not comparable, I guess. You still had a Mayu Iwatani Kagetsu main event that was really good. So I don't know. Maybe do we know when he retires coming back yet? I haven't seen anything. I'm yeah. assuming she's still doing physical rehab. But I mean, I, I assume it'll be sometime this year. Yeah, hopefully, she, she maybe she'll make an announcement at their year-end show on when she might be able to come back because she's made appearances at the couple latest shows, showing up when the idol group performs in the beginning of a show. She's there waving to the crowd, smiling. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just really unfortunate that we don't... Yeah, I think if she had stayed healthy, it would stardom would have felt like they were in a better place at this point. But losing her right when they did, and when they're about to lose Yoko Bito retirement, I think has hurt them. Yeah. Like, they were able to sign two new people. people. They signed Kagesu, and they signed Tom Nakno. But I don't see Tom being a good top card wrestler. Kagesu can do it. Like, she has the experience. She's been near the top of the card the last couple of years in other promotions. But losing your new ace to injury when she's about to get started always sucks. Yeah. I hear you. Um, but so what about, like, the, you know, the the rest of, I guess, the, you know, the Tony Storm as a World of Stardom champion, um, you know, I like Tony Storm, but I'm not sure she really works for me on that level, especially in stardom. You know, I'm trying to think of the nicest way to put this. Like, yeah, she's, and she hasn't done anything with this belt because, like you said, she left the country, so it just hasn't really. You know, she's defend, she defended it in um, rise in, in, in rise, yeah, against Mercedes Martinez. Before that, she beat uh, Bay uh, Presley in uh, in Taiwan before she left. That's it, like, and it's just, I don't know. I know, like, some of the more, like, um, 
what there, there was something I read on, on Twitter that I think was like po- like image posted from one of the image boards or something. But like apparently the Japanese fans were like really not pleased with her because um like she I guess got caught like complaining about how nobody was coming to her. And this could be bullshit, I should say, before it's anything else. But like complaining that's in English to some of the other American wrestlers, like that no one was like going over to her like merch table, you know, or getting photos with her. And it's like, well, you know, Japanese, there are plenty of Japanese people that speak English. They, they teach it in school. You should probably. (laughs) <laughs> watch what you say like you yeah. can't treat you can't treat english like it's a total foreign language that no one there is gonna know what you're saying like they take it in school you know plenty of them understand enough to know that you're like complaining about them in, right in front of them so if she really did do that she should not do that in the future but yeah. i don't know um this this title reign sucks because it was a freak accident Mayu got injured in the instead of having the match in, they're just like, uh, Tony wins. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know how long La Visa Tony has, so she probably like, Well, I already bought my plane ticket back home, so bye. And yeah. they haven't really done much, like, the title is just sitting around, and so they had to do something quick. And so they gave the white belt to EO because she's been a draw, she's popular, you know, fans like her, give her a title. And so it's interesting. Oh, so for really, really quickly though, for people who might not know this, the white belt is the wonder of stardom title and the red belt is the world of stardom title. The colors yeah. are like a holdover from the All Japan Women's Days. Just wanted to... Yeah, that's very important. And yeah. I get the names of the stardom titles confused, but the red yeah. belt is the top belt in stardom yeah. and the white belt is the secondary title. But now the secondary title is the main title because Tony Storm is out gallivanting around with the with the red with the red belt so yeah and so eo stuck basically with stardom's like intercontinental title like secondary belt they're having to make that the main attraction at their big cork and hall shows which is not going as bad as what it could be they drew i think somewhere in the 900s 800s in the last cork and hall show but it definitely hurts a lot of things have hurt stardom this year and oh my gosh, like I said, it's very visual fighting because they debuted Shiki Shibusawa, which she's a person that really tells you the difference between what the domestic Japanese audience likes and what the Western stardom audience likes. Because mm. I was talking to Sierra, who she's really into stardom. And I asked her, you know, I'm not seeing any buzz for Shiki Shibusawa from any English speakers. And she said, there is no buzz. She's not good. But a lot of the <laughs> fan photographers I follow who are Japanese, a lot of them take pictures of Shiki Shibasawa. And it's one of those things that Stardom knows, or at least know pretty well, what their domestic audience wants and what the Western fans want. And Shiki Shibasawa is one of those what the domestic audience wants. She's very pretty. She can wrestle. She's not great, but she's pretty. Mm. And that's what's important to them. Oh, She'll sell, sell photo books. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't want to sound like we're burying Stardom 10,000 yeah, no. feet under. I mean, there's still good wrestling in it. Yeah. It's just, you know, you have to not just, you know, that last year, again, last year in December, it had probably my fourth favorite match in all of wrestling. 
So Yushirai is still very good. Um, you know, I, I look forward to get to be Mayu Kawatani getting back. And like, you know, I just I really want to see I want to see more more of that, you know, and I, <laughs> I don't want to sound overly critical Tony Storm, but like, you know, I don't know, maybe hopefully when she gets back hopefully she gets back and like actually defends this title soon. <laughs> Cause like you said, it kind of, it just sucks not having your, your own title around, you know? Yeah. But yeah, there have been positive things this year. Also, um, jungle Kiona has stepped up and is getting higher in the card. And I really enjoy jungle. Team Kiona. Jungle. That's With, jungle. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a really cool team, team jungle. Yeah. And, um, Konami, she's been showing up on some shows and that's cool to see. Because she left Reina, and for those that don't know, Konami was Kana, now known as Asuka's protege. And so you can see it in that she doesn't wear shoes. She yeah. does a lot of kicks and submissions. She wrestles like you would expect Asuka would wrestle if she was younger. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really... You know, it'd be not not that I think Asuka is going to get released anytime soon, but like, can you imagine if she was able to come back to Japan? Like, I don't know, have like matches with Kana or and like or Konami and like maybe even team with Konami and stuff. Like, that'd be so awesome. Oh, and think of all the heated matches you can already set up. People just being angry. Oh, so you don't like Joshi wrestling. You think we're backwards. So you just hop over to America and blah, blah, blah. But but yeah, I mean, I you know, obviously she's not going anywhere anytime soon. But if it oh, does yeah. happen, if it does happen someday, I'm sure it'll be great. Um, but yeah, so Stardom, Stardom, the, the promotion that uh, Asuka definitely wrestled for, <laughs> according to Joshi expert Dave Meltzer. Uh, and you know what? <laughs> That's the thing that inspired me to make that Joshi guy for beginners. Yeah, that so right you know, there. Maybe you should have just sent it to Dave Meltzer and been like, "Hey, Dave." Maybe next time you can not embarrass yourself with this fucking claiming Oscar was like a stardom superstar. She how, did she she never wrestled for the company, right? Like never. No, because for those that don't know, at Neo Ladies Wrestling, uh, Kana and Anai Takahashi have some beef with each other, so they don't like each other. Yeah. And when stardom started, it was Anai Takahashi and Rossi. Kana said, "Nope." She went to WNC with Tajiri and helped to make Reina. Yeah. They don't like each other. She would never touch foot in Sardom. She yeah. wrestled in Wave. She wrestled in JWP. Not Stardom. Yeah. So just not 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 a good uh <laughs> not a good there. Not a good uh you know take there by Uncle Dave. Well and then he also said, you know, Pollyanna, aka Emmy Sakura. <laughs> Uh, poor Dave. You know, I mean, when you lose your connections, yeah. you you know stop getting good information. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I feel like we're glossing over Star a little too much. Is let me think. Is there anything else that really stood out? Uh, just, but like, they're I don't know. Their 2017 really didn't do a lot for me. Yeah, they had a really good 2016, and yeah. it got followed up by a flat year. It wasn't. I mean, that bad. happens. That happens to yeah. a lot of promotions. Like, I, Big Japan. I mean, on the men's side, had a had kind of a flat 2017 after a good 2016. So yeah, and then All Japan 
there have been some really good months for all Japan, but it's not as feel good as 2016. Mm, I don't. I, I guess I actually would just I have a little watched, bit. I've barely kept up with all Japan this year. I don't know. I've, I've really liked all Japan this year, but I think I had them like my number two promotion. But I mean, it's cool. We got, we did, we're allowed to disagree. <laughs> They got Shuji Ijikawa out of those horrible pants. So, you know what? Oh, it was great. Oh, I love Shuji's garbage pants. Uh, no, he he looks like a deathmatch wrestler. <laughs> like, backwoods, uh, Illinois, here comes Shuji Ijikawa with his trash pants. Oh, I love the trash bag pants. Breaking my heart here. No. <laughs> but Man. no, I, I don't know. I liked All Japan a lot this year, so I'm not going to... We we covered that though in the All Japan Year Review episode. All Japan is one of those promotions that like sometimes people don't talk about it, so I, maybe it's not as exciting to follow from like afar. But once you actually go and like watch the stuff, it, it's all so good still. Oh, so the tag wrestling is good in All Japan. Yeah, the tags are so good. Like I just watched the tag league show a couple of days ago. It was so good. And it's like and that's drew real well in Korean. Yeah, they have a sold out Korean. So yeah, all Japan's good. <laughs> yeah, watch that. If you're, if you want to talk about, sp- yeah. Oh, sorry. If you want to talk about like a flat year followed by a really good, we can do it in reverse. You know who had a really flat 2016? New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> and they followed it up with a really good 2017. But like 2016, not a great year for New Japan. I don't care what people say. But <laughs> yeah, not, not a great year. Um, uh, also, a group who didn't have a good year, especially outside the ring, Ice Ribbon. Well, what was Ice Ribbon's deal? That's good. Good. What a transition there! Wow. What was, yeah. What, was, um, what happened with Ice Ribbon? Well, much like back in the day with Tanahashi, someone got stabbed. Oh shit! Sakushi stabbed Kagetsu, and you know, despite them keeping Kagetsu, oh, yeah, I, I did hear about this. Yeah. Uh, in the official press release they kept Kagesu's name out of it but there were only so many 23 year olds with friends and ice ribbon who was present at their show there were only so many people and it didn't take long where somebody like well I saw Kagesu outside at the pink cat bus I think she got stabbed and then at the next stardom show Kagesu strangely has a bandage a big old bandage on her abdomen and one on her hands Wow. So, you know, connect the dots. I think Sakushi stabbed Kagesu. And there's been no official reason why. One of the through the grapevine things is that Kagesu and Sakushi were lovers. And this is controversial because, one, lesbians and lesbians aren't like very popular in Japan. <laughs> and then the legal age in Japan is 20, and at the time, Sakushi was 19. So that would have meant Kagesu was in a lesbian relationship with a minor. And that's a scandal. Who was, and, who was the first who did the, who did the stabbing? Sukushi. Uh, I don't even see yeah. her on the roster. I'm oh, not, well. I don't, I don't follow Ice Ribbon that close, like ever. So I'm trying to see who the fuck this is. She was the young wrestler. She started when she was like 12 years old. She has that big smile. She did some seedling shows this year. In my heart, she's the real new ace of Ice Ribbon, not Rita Sarah. It should be Sukushi. But yeah, Sukushi stabbed her supposed alleged lover, Kagesu, at the pink cat bus. And she got arrested. And 
you know, you can have all the violence and shoots you want in pro wrestling in Japan, but once you get arrested, we have to punish you. And Sakushi yeah. got arrested. She stayed in jail, I think, overnight. And you know, Sukasa Fujimoto and the owner of Ice Ribbon had to come out and say, we apologize to the wrestling community. We apologize to the fans. We apologize to all the family members of those involved. And it was a big thing. They're saying, oh, well, you know, we have a lot of young wrestlers and we will make sure that if our young wrestlers show any behavioral issues or anger, we'll try to get them to counseling and take care of them. A lot of we apologize for causing concern. And because Sakushi was arrested, she's not allowed to wrestle. She's not allowed to be at merch tables. She can't interact with fans. She has an office job right now with Ice Ribbon. Sukushi is not seen. She's not talked about. As far as we are concerned, Sukushi doesn't exist right now. Yeah. And Sukushi should not be expected anytime back. back no. And the shame is, like, Mommy Tudor had. They, like, she, was, she was one half of the tag champions at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Sukushi was one of the big deal wrestlers. Her and Sukasa Fujimoto had a really good match at Ice Ribbon's Ice Ribbon Mania show last December. It was really good. If you like high-speed matches, you should watch that. But yeah, and Manami Toyota had a good student-teacher relationship with Tsukushi because at last year's Oz Yokohama show, Tsukushi showed up with her own like Manami Toyota outfit, and it was really cute, and it was a cool moment. But in an interview, Manami Toyota said she wishes Tsukushi could have been in her retirement show, but she didn't want to cause controversy, so Tsukushi had to stay away. And, you know, that really tugged at the heartstrings of, like, she couldn't see one of her fave students because she got arrested. Yeah. And it sucks. And that's, wow. like, one of the reasons why, like, I don't like Kagesu. I'm just like, you caused this. <laughs> well, she did get stabbed. Look, <laughs> I mean, like, let's come on. She woman got stabbed. I've been a fan of boy bands, girl groups, idol groups long enough that I can twist the story. This is all Kage's fault. If she was a better girlfriend, Sukushi would not have stabbed her. It would all have been happy. Jesus. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, Ice Ribbon in general, like, getting away from stabbing. It's I, you know, I don't really watch it. Ice Ribbon from the promotions that I'm always like, I'm gonna watch it. This is the year that I'm gonna watch me some Ice Ribbon, and it just never happens. That's the same thing because they draw consistently well at Currican Hall. They're always near the thousands yeah. recently. I'm like, I need to watch the Ice Ribbon. I like my Kiki when I see her in Oz Academy. I just see her as a face in the Ice Ribbon. I enjoy Sakushi. I should watch her in Ice Ribbon. Sukas Fujimoto, great wrestler. I should watch her in Ice Ribbon. I don't get to it and I feel bad. I think it's because they're always on Nico. They're on Samurai. Oh, probably. If they're on Samurai, I probably watch them. Yeah, and this is a viewer question that we'll answer later, but yeah, a big part of that is the presentation on Nico Nico, and that hurts it for me in trying to get into Ice Ribbon. I can't, Samurai, you need to get on it, okay? Like, start carrying Ice Ribbon. I don't know why Ice Ribbon <laughs> doesn't have a TV deal. I feel like yeah, they're popular really enough weird. to have a TV deal. It's sure, like, like, if you're drawing a thousand fans, it's like what Wrestle 1 draws. Why, why can't we get Ice Ribbon a TV deal? But I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah, it's an odd one. But they need presentation. Yeah. I mean, I, I Rise, what do you think of Rise Sarah? Because you always had a look that grabbed me, but I haven't seen her wrestle a lot. 
Um, I enjoy her in the death matches, and part of that is like not a lot of women do death matches right now. The only yeah. one of the few others is like Chikasa Nagayo. And part of the reason why she does that is because she can't wrestle like she used to. Yeah. But Risa Sarah fell in love with deathmatch wrestling, and she does it a couple times. She had a big hour-long match this year. It may have been her last deathmatch. I think it might have. But she wrestled a lot of the guys from, like, BJW and Jun Kasai for Freedoms. And yeah. she had skewers in her forehead. Like, she's not going soft. She's going hardcore. She will do these bumps with them. But as a Babyface ace of Iserman, she's not my favorite. Like I said, I liked Tsukushi more than Risa Sarah. She's in Azura Revolution with Maya Yukihi, and they're not my favorite tag team. They're good, they can wrestle good, but as faces, they're kind of a little blah. No, I hear you. I mean, she's she's tall and her background's in kendo, so I'm in, I'm instantly like interested, but I've been seeing her. I haven't seen her wrestle enough to really uh, make any like determination on her wrestling talent. She needs to go wrestle for some promotions that go on TV a little more often <laughs> instead of all this video. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, the reason mean, Ice Ribbon, I, I don't look at the Omikaze Awards. Like Ice Ribbon got a vote for promotion of the year, and I think a match got a vote too. So it's like people watch it. But. Yeah, it's just. A big problem is the Nico presentation is not good. No one loves the presentation on Nico Pro. We yeah. watch it because that's the only way we can watch it. I, agree, I totally agree with you. Um, but yeah, so that's Ice Ribbon. We covered almost every like major promotion. I can briefly just touch on Tokyo Joshi Pro, which I watched a little bit this year. I know you didn't, you don't really watch it at all. Um, it's a it's a it's it's a very acquired taste. It's a weird combination. It's like kind of like Stardom and DDT had a baby, you know? Like, it's very much an idol promotion that also has a lot of comedy. A lot more comedy than Stardom. But, like, there's some good wrestlers there, too. Like, I, the one I would always point to is Miyu Yamashita, who you know, is uh, the Pink Striker, as her nickname goes. Like, she she occasionally shows up on, like, the bigger DDT shows, and, like, um, I think it was Judgment when she was in a six-man tag like a an intergender tag, or actually no, maybe it was just maybe it was just women. But she's in some kind of six person tag, opposite, um, you know, opposite Mako Satamura, and like the two of them just beat the fucking shit out of each other, and like they it kept going in like the post match too, and they just like were kicking and like punching and forearming like super hard. It was like one of the most physical things I saw in wrestling all year. So, you know, Miu is a, I, I think she's a legitimately a, a very good wrestler. And, you know, I get, I get that not a lot of people watch Tokyo Joshi Pro because it's just this weird thing on DT Universe, but she's really good. Um, and then you, who I would call like um, like a discount uh, Jiro Hashimoto almost, because she, she has like a similar kind of body type. She has a little bit of a similar wrestling style. Um, it, it makes her stand out even more than Chihiro, though, because, you know, Chihiro is in this very serious Sendai Ghost promotion, whereas, you know, you has all this, like, you is like the straight woman, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's all this chaos around her, and she just, she just wants to use her judo on people. <laughs> like, she, just, she doesn't want to do any of this other crap. But she got a little rub with the um, with the Iron Man heavy metal weight belt, which led to, like, more Tokyo Joshi Pro people being on the DET show. And then you and Yamashita had a match for the 
Iron Woman or the Iron Man, but they called it Iron Woman Heavy Metal Weight title. That was also like a number one contender match for the um, princess a princess's title, and that match was really good. I think probably my easily the, the best match I saw in Tokyo Joshi Pro this year. So um, some really good stuff if you know what to look. Just do not watch a lot of the undercards because a lot of the undercards have a lot of there are a lot of not very good wrestlers in Tokyo Joshi Pro. But like if you just pick out the you know some of the bigger matches, there, there is some stuff worth watching. Um, and then, you know, other people might like uh, uh, Reika Saki more than I do. I mean, she's a very pretty girl, but like, you know, and the muscle thing is cool, but like, she's not, I don't think she's that good of a wrestler at this point, but she's only been around, you know, for about a year or so, so as a wrestler. So it's, it's at one point, on, on one hand, it's like, you know, um, she really shouldn't even be in this position as champion, but I get it because she gets like mainstream attention. And with the, with her whole muscle idol act and you know the thing with Lady Beard, like she gets on talk shows and stuff. So I get why they made her champion, but um, you know the matches haven't really been that great. Um, but yeah, there's my Tokyo Joshi Pro report from like the all of like six or seven shows I've actually watched this year. But if you had ETU to risk anyway, there's definitely stuff worth checking out. There you go. Yeah, and um, I'll shout out a smaller promotion, Beginning Pro. They have their whole actress girls gimmick, and it's a pun on actress and wrestlers. It's like the JD Star Athletes. Yeah, I was gonna but, say, I was gonna ask you, like, which one is it? That I knew there was one that that had that. Gimmick yeah, for it a was while. JD Star. But um, Beginning Pro does it way better. Mm. Like the wrestling. It's not, is... not surprising because JD Star was garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, um, I did, when I did that, anyway. Yeah, Beginning Pro, once upon a time, had a partnership with Stardom. And so some of you might recognize Saori Ano and Asumi Maki from some Stardom shows. But earlier this year, late last year, Yumiko Hota became their new advisor. I don't know what that actually means in promotion, but Yumiko Hota is their advisor. And you saw them not have a partnership with Stardom anymore. And they started showing up in other promotions where basically Hota has friends, like Oz Academy in seedling uh jwp that's now pure j and multiple other promotions and even some hota produced shows she's had her actress girls show up and this year saori ano she became the pop title champion which is a title from jwp it's princess of pro wrestling you have to have less than 200-something days of wrestling experience to hold the title. So it's a rookie title, and Saori Ano holds it. Natsumi Maki, she, you might sometimes see her wear one of Kairi Hojo's old outfits. They were friends. And as I mentioned earlier, Kagesu Seki, oh, Kakeru, apologies. Kakeru Sekiguchi. Not the one who got stabbed. <laughs> yeah. Too many K names, but Kakiru Sekiguchi, she's a member of Mission K4, and she's from Beginning Pro. So all these people you might see appearing this year on shows, and you're like, who are they? They're probably from Beginning Pro, a promotion that doesn't make tape, doesn't sell DVDs. I have no idea how they make money outside of LiveGate, because who doesn't sell DVDs in Japanese wrestling? Yeah, that's so weird. But... but yeah, so their whole thing is also idol wrestling. They even have a Grover idol who wrestles, but they're 
they're baseline decent. And that's a compliment for an idol promotion because those can get pretty rough. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so is there any, any other promotion you want to wrap up or we can go to the awards? Uh, Marvelous Pro, Shika Sanagio's promotion. They have two new rookies this year and they're good. They're a lot of dogs. <laughs> okay. Fun times. Um, so let's talk some award winners quickly before we get into the questions. Um, we did have a full mailbag. Thank you to all of our fans who sent in questions this week. Um, wrestler of the year. Who, if you had to, this is the one like the, the Flair Feds, you know, combining like MVP kind of thing, like importance of promotion and ring work. Who's the MVP of all of Joshi? It is no doubt Hiro Matsumoto. At one time, she was a, had four belts. She was a main champion in two promotions. She main evented a house that drew over 3,200 people. She is no doubt the MVP this year of Joshi Wrestling. And if you had to give like one or two runners up? Uh, first runner up would be Chihiro Hashimoto. And Very strong, strong pick. Yeah, second runner up. Ooh, um, I'm going to say Tsukasa Fujimoto because she had to mm. deal a lot with steering the ice ribbon ship through some, a little uncertainty, not as much as stardom, but like she had to be the face during some rough times. Gotcha. Um, so now most outstanding wrestler, just, just ring ring work. Who would your, who would your vote go to? It would be Chihiro Hashimoto. Okay. This is, I, again, I, I would agree with this from what I've seen. I think she had a great year. Um, who, some run, maybe one or two runners up? Oh, a runner up. Um, Mako is always good. She's just an easy pick. And, oh man, ring work. She's coming up late in the year, but Misaki Ohata is always a fun wrestler to watch. Well, you can watch her because, you know, Wave Network. Yeah. And she's currently the Regina the Wave, and she has an amazing suplex. She's skilled and someone that not enough people talk about. So um, how about a feud of the year? Anything stand out? Um, I'm going to say... Mayu versus Io because this calendar year Mayu finally beat Io for the belt and became the new ace of Sardom. Yeah. And and by the way, for like the Obakaze Awards and the Observer Awards too, that December match would have counted for this year. So Oh yeah. oh yeah, well look at that. Yeah. So like that if you include that, I think that's a that actually might be a, a really strong pick. Yeah. Um, let's say anybody stand out for tag team of the year? Avid rival. They're a mm. fun tag team. Ryo Mizunami and Misaki Ohata are just they, two friends out here just having fun, beating up the best friends, and just supporting each other. Like when each other had the Regina the Wave, they just were ringside supporting their best friend, and that's just some good tag team friendship. They just got a vote today, actually, in the Omakaze Overall Awards. All right, yeah, awesome. Like a, a number two votes. There you go. Um, well, we can actually do promotion of the year for this, which we can't for any of the other any of the other episodes. So, give me your top three. Like, do reverse order for this one. Let's build up the anticipation. All right. Oh, geez, third best promotion. Um, 
uh, I'm going to choose, this is a safe choice, but ice ribbon because attendance didn't fall. Like nothing super exciting happened, but you know, attendance didn't fall. There were good matches. And Risa Sarah doesn't seem to be rejected as champion. So that's always a good thing. So Ice Ribbon had a safe year, but it was still good. Yeah. Who's your who's your number two? I'm choosing Seedling because they had a lot of good matches this year. There were no real feuds, no real storylines, no titles, but it was just a lot of good matches on their shows. Yeah. Um, and finally, your number one, I actually can probably guess, but go ahead. Uh, it's actually not going to be Sendai Girls. It's going to be Oz oh, Academy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, My thing against Sendai Girls is the titles were a mess this year. So, so you're going to leave them off because of that. That's fair. Yeah. You know, kayfabe reasons and whatnot, but the, your two top titles and your only titles weren't sticking to anyone. No one was able to hold on to a title belt, and that's not a good look. Meanwhile, Oz Academy... The single titles stayed on Hiryo Masamoto for most of the year. The tag titles stuck with Hikarushita and Siri most of the year. Then they went to Akino Kaokobayashi, and they didn't have a long reign, but they switched off with Miyu Miyazaki and Mayu Kihi. And also the big one, they had a big show in Yokohama, over, like I said, 3,200 people. No one else has that claim this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Odd Academy, it, it seems like they were well booked, like you said. And from what I, the little I've seen, the match quality has been good. I'm gonna try to, to catch this show on airs on Gayora next week. But, but yeah, so that's that's a strong pick for number one. I didn't even think I just thought process of elimination, like Sunday Girls had to be here. But they had good just, matches, but the titles are a mess. Yeah, so I, I maybe, maybe with the with some stability in 2018, they'll get they'll be back on the list. Yeah. Um okay, um show any anything for stand out for best major show? Um it may feel like a cop out. I, it's a tough choice. Well no. Oz besides the main event wasn't that great. So I'm gonna say big show and Sendai for Sendai Girls because the overall quality was much higher than Oz's Yokohama show. Yeah. Um uh, that's a that seems like a good enough pick. Any other any other picks? Uh, my breakout star this year was Rina Yamashita. She finally saw more than just Wave and Osaka Joshi Pro. She was seen in Seedling. She did Oz Academy. She inherited Dynamite Kansai Splash Mountain, and she gave her a giant bear hug. She was more visible this year than last year, and she was visible in very important matches. And to me. She felt like the breakout star of the year. Cool. So let's do the, let's do, you, you made a top 10 match of the year list, right? Yes. Okay. So let's start with number 10. Number 10 from Seedling, May 24th, Hiryo Masumoto versus Arisa Nakajima. Uh, if you have anything to add about the actual match when you, when uh, you give the pick, just I guess go ahead. I, I barely remember it. It feels so long ago. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm if you, sorry. If you don't have anything to say, I'll just move right on to. Yeah, the next I'm one. just not gonna have much to say because. Okay, number yeah. nine. 
Sinbad Girls, March 6th, Hiryo Masumoto versus Meiko Satomura. That was a really good match. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Ice Ruben, March 26th, Arisa Nakajima versus Sukasa Fujimoto. Number seven. Seedling, March 16th, Sukasa Fujimoto versus Kaori Oniyama versus Maruko Nagasaki. And number six. Oz Academy, February 26th, Hikaru Shida versus Kagesu. Oh, actually, I should go back and watch that. That sounds awesome. Um, number five. Sunlight Girls, April 6th, Chihiro Hashimoto versus Aja Kong. Mm, very good match. Number four. Uh, I did not put a date on this. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Dash Chisako and Karu versus Strong Sour Rush, the team of Mika Shirohime and Alex Lee. From Sendai Girls, I think that was Big Show in Sendai. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, the uh, let's see, number three, Seedlink, May twenty fourth, Yoshiko versus Rina Yamashita. Number two, Sendai Girls, April sixth, Hikaru Shida and Siri versus Dashi Shako and Cassandra Miyagi. I'm nodding vigorously. That match was fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I to, I'm actually gonna go back and. Have to watch that one again because that was oh that might actually be my Joshi match of the year. Uh number one. Uh Sinbad Girls, September twenty-fourth, Chihiro Hashimoto versus Meiko Satomura. That's my current match of the year. Gotcha. So with all that said, let's get into the mailbag here. And we've got a lot we had a lot of questions. Thank you if you sent anything in. Um as always, any any um any episode any week you want to send us questions, we're at Wrestle Omakaze on Twitter, not Wrestling Omakaze, Wrestle Omakaze, and Omakaze with an S, not with a Z. Um, question: The first question we got was from Dylan Harris, uh, former guest. He of course is the host of the Eastern Lariat. Um, he said, "Can't my question is who in mo- modern Joshi has your favorite entrance theme music?" Soroko Kato's theme, Hero, you can hear it the most well on the 2016 Yokohama show. And I've tried to find that CD single digital download somewhere, but I haven't been able to do it. I don't think I know enough Japanese to successfully find that song. But it's a really nice just rock song, gets you pumped up. And it's the lies just saying Hero. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Pumped up. Can I be super basic? Um, I love the the big match version of Yushirai's theme. That gets me pumped up every time. But that's my very basic answer. Um, Mark at Dreamiest Boat. Um, he says, if I'm remembering rightly, Alex is an Ozaki fan. What one Ozaki match would they recommend past or present? All right. This match is from 96. March 3rd, 96, Miyumi Ozaki versus Hiromi Yagi. And I chose this because I feel like it's a good demonstration of Ozaki's character in single matches. She's just a mean person. And during the first half of the match, this is like a standout moment for me. Hiromi Yagi, she's caught in an arm bar and Ozaki's trying to crank it back. And at one point she puts her feet on Hiromi's elbows her elbow and try it just yanks back to try to hyperextend the elbow and Hiromi just keeps reaching for the rope and she eventually gets it and the rest of the match Ozaki just keeps cranking that elbow 
and it's a good demonstration that Ozaki is just a mean person mm -hmm. who tried to rip you apart. Is this? Does she already have police at this point or no? No, there is no police. Okay. I just always, I just, but the first time I saw that, I was probably like still a young person, and like I just couldn't believe how it's just so random. This man in police just like <laughs> assisting her, and he's not actually a wrestler, but he used to get the shit beaten out of him in some of these matches, and it's like, oh my god! But yeah, there's police. Yeah, and if you want a tag match, my one of my go-to recs for a Uzaki tag match is from 93, Dynamite Kanzai and Ozaki versus Yamada and Toyota for the tag belt. Because the first fall is less than a minute. Because they shake hands, bell rings, Ozaki pins Toyota to the ropes, Kanzai gets Yamada up for Splash Mountain, she hits Splash Mountain and gets the first fall, and the rest of the match is just at that high level of energy. Mm. Um, so Santa Mort, of course, it's uh, Morton at, at Morton VH. He was our guest last week. Um, he said, I'd like to hear you discuss slash rank, which are the biggest Joshi promotions currently, or at least the top three. So who's, who's the big, I mean, the, the biggest crowd this year is Oz Academy. Yeah. I guess you'd have to give them the nod, right? Yeah. But you, and they still have a lot I, of retro appeal, and then they also have like younger people too. So it seems like a yeah. And then there's also I can't remember the name of this like internet award. Basically, like the internet wrestling community Japan votes for mm. some of their favorite things. And Gato Move usually ranks highly there. Mm. So Gato Move I think is more popular than people in the West realize. Yeah. And Ice Ribbon I think is one of the top because they always draw well. So I want to say Ice Ribbon, Gato Move may not be in top three, but they're definitely like in the top. Um, I, I think Oz Academy. Yeah. And Sendai. Yeah, I think Sendai beats out Stardom this year because yeah. Sendai has the added bonus of they can draw outside of Tokyo, which Stardom really cannot. <laughs> Stardom doesn't even go outside of Tokyo much. Yeah, I mean, like Stardom in Tokyo itself. Um. You know, I like I said, I was at that Kurrigan show, and you know, it's like probably nine hundred or something. But you know, I've been I've been to more impressive. I, I was like some night girls drew better the the previous year when I was there. So, and I think I think there's a there's a tendency by Western fans to put a lot more emphasis on stardom because they have such a robust English presence. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It's definitely, they have a streaming service with English subs and they have an official English account. Yeah. And so from a Western perspective, you might think Starno is most popular, but if you look in the Japanese perspective, they're not one of the most popular promotions. Because, yeah. you know, Korokin tennis somewhat fluctuates a little bit and they don't go outside of Tokyo much. Like Ice Ripping goes outside of Tokyo, Oz Academy goes outside of Tokyo. Sendai Girls is obviously based in Sendai, which is in northern yeah. Japan. Yeah. And, you know, it started, I feel like they, I see them run Osaka, but other than that, it's like not a ton. But, um, so, yeah, I guess that sums up that question. Uh, next one from at Oysters Earrings. Who's going to be the best ace in 2018? I'm going to say Chihiro. Yes. Unless something happens, I think she's going to be the best ace. 
if Mayu is healthy for most of the year next year and nothing catastrophic happens in world-wondering stardom, she could be a close competitor for Chihiro. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't want to, like, I feel like we, w- we went through the stardom section really fast. I want to reiterate, I think Mayu is, like, awesome. And it was, like, really, like, soul-crushing for me personally to watch her finally beat EO and then, um, you know, have her big run and then have it cut short like that. Like, that was, I don't know, it made me very sad. But I, so yeah. I hope Mayu gets to come back and have a real run because I think she's incredibly talented. So, um, I don't know how you feel about Mayu, but... No, she's definitely my favorite son right now, too. Like, I always have a prayer circle for Mayu whenever she went up against EO, and she <laughs> finally won. And then she got injured, and so I had to reform the prayer circle. It's so and sad. I hope she back. Like, the, really, like, that injury and the Shibata injury were the two that, like, broke my heart in, 20, in 2017. And, like, just, I, just for Mayu to, like... Like, Mayu's injury wasn't as serious, but, like, just for her to finally, like, after so long, be EO and be the ace, just to have it cut short like that was just so sad. So I hope she gets back. I hope they let her, I hope that it's not like, well, you had your chance. He was back now. So I hope, I hope to God that's not what happens. But Yeah. Um, Here we have King Explosion Murder, which a, a great reference to uh, My Hero Academia, at Geo underscore KOH. Does the Nico Pro commentary style affect your enjoyment of certain uh, high-profile matches? You, you referenced this question, I think, right? Yes, absolutely. Ice Rubin's Nico Pro presentation kills my enjoyment despite how good some of the matches are. Because as I reference Arisa Nakajima versus Kaz Fujimoto, that was a heated match. You could tell just by the body language that that was a very intense match because they're a long-time tag team, but they were fighting each other. And from what you can hear from the crowd, the crowd is into it. But it was um, Nico Pro, and it was picture-in-picture commentary. And commentary was by Mio Shirai and, I believe, Maya Yukihi. Yeah. And they're not professional commentators. <laughs> it's, like, even with Language Warrior, it basically felt like if you were watching one of those live reaction podcasts or videos... It was just a couple best friends sitting around talking about a show. They tried to match the energy, but the match energy was very high and the commentary was very mild, and that killed my enjoyment of the match. Yeah. Does does it sound like it's not mixed correctly, too? Yeah, like match audio is only on the left side and then commentary is only on the right side. I hate that about me. Yeah, I mean, I really don't like it either. And like that, that, like I said earlier, is like, a big barrier for me to watch more Ice Rev, and I really wish they would get on Samurai or something. Like, what are you going to air? What else are you going to air, Samurai? More reruns baseball? of... Not Sam- no, not Samurai. Wait, who airs baseball? Is that going? Gayor, yeah. Samurai, oh, okay. really airs- Samurai airs nothing but wrestling, MMA, and boxing. And they really don't even air that much MMA and boxing anymore. So, I don't know. Yeah. What, like, like, if you look at the Samurai schedule on any one day, they'll be airing, like, old-ass shows from 2015. And it's like, okay. But like, I really wish they would just get on this and just start airing. I, I assume it's like a cost thing, but just come on. The people want ice ribbon. Like, I don't know how much cost they need because they sell well at Corican. They have DVDs. They yeah. sell in other places. What I meant by cost from Samurai's perspective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Nico Pro and ice ribbon, it's not good. So, at AWQ1985 said... 
Um, thoughts on underrated or overpushed female wrestlers for 2017? Um, why don't you go ahead first, actually? Who's, who, is, who is underrated? Um, well, based on online responses, basically any woman outside of stardom was underrated because, you know, God forbid you watch something other than stardom. But in yeah. actuality, underrated? Um, jeez. I want to say... And it's probably due to visibility, maybe Misaki Ohata, because Avid Rival had a kind of a big feud with the best friends. They had a best of three series this year, and she just recently got the Regina the Wave title. And due to Wave's visibility and not a lot of people review them in general, not many people know about her and know about this title reign. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go move on then. Uh, Sean, our former Joshi co-host from the last time, he's at the Dragon Suplex now. Which of Rossi's favorite gaijin does Alex like the most? Kaylee Ray. She's my favorite. Yeah, I enjoy Kaylee Ray outside of stardom and in stardom. She's actually good. Unlike Rebel and Chardonnay, who I had never heard of Chardonnay until she showed up in stardom, and I asked some of my other like women's wrestling people, and they're like, "Oh, she's not good." <laughs> and I was just like, "Great." <laughs> but yes, um, Kaylee Ray is my favorite. Uh, thoughts or uh, at Suplex Senpai uh, Jerry, he said thoughts in general on Asuka from Wave. Great. Like I recently, you know, loosely translated an article interview she did for a site called LGBT Part two of that article should be up on the 15th in Japan. I'll loosely translate that too. But she said in third grade, she was inspired because she saw an Aiko Hamada match and she loves her and that style. And you can see in her wrestling that she's inspired by the luchador, lucha libre style. She bounces off the ropes. She got some help from Anami Tuita at a YMZ show of all places, learning a, basically you jump on the ropes and you do a, a backflip, I don't know, move names that well. But yeah, and she had a big match with Yumi Oka this year, and I feel like 2018 can be Asuka's year, in that support Asuka, support LGBTQA wrestlers, Yosuke Santa Maria, forget it. Support Asuka. Um, but yeah, so Asuka, Asuka is great. That, that, I think I told the story before, but like, um, so I saw Asuka wrestle at YMZ, and she was she was awesome. And I then I I'm pretty sure I saw her walking out of uh, Sumo Hall like the a few days later during one of the New Japan G1 shows, I think the final. And me just how I had the, that Asuka on the mind, um, I just tweet out like I just completely forget. There's a, another far more famous wrestler with that name. I tweet out something like, um, you know. I just ran to Asuka at the G1. That's really cool. And I mean, I got like three replies like, how'd she get over from America so fast? And it's like, no, <laughs> not that Asuka. <laughs> the, and it's partially my fault too, because I didn't do the all caps gimmick. But yeah, yeah, I just put Asuka like in lowercase. And like everybody on there is just like, oh, she, how'd she get over there from America? I'm like, no, the other one. <laughs> the other yeah. Asuka. But That's really, why I made I just, sure. To- I just totally forgot, basically. <laughs> There's another far more famous Asuka. Yeah. Name. I usually make sure to put, you know, in parentheses, wave, 
when I'm talking about Asuka. <laughs> I find no confusion. I find if I put it in all caps, people usually get it. So I don't know. But you're probably right that that's the safest way. Um, but yeah, so that's the next question then was from Mr. J.R. Goldberg, another former guest. Can someone actually explain Odo Tai's gimmick? I feel like it's a joke I'm not in on. Can I can I I'll, can I give like the nerd the, the language nerd answer first? Yeah, go for so, it. So it basically means like um great Edo core or like great Edo troops or something. Um Edo is like the the ex the former name of Tokyo. Um it's hard to translate exactly into into English, but I think like from from what I understand like that would make if a Japanese person hears that name it makes them think of like samurai, which would make sense because I guess that's who you know, the soldiers were at the time of Edo, right? So, um, yeah, so that's basically the answer. It's like, it's basically something to do with samurai. And from what I understand, that name has to do with, like, the fact that Akjasukawa was in the group originally, and she had, like, some kind of samurai-related gimmick. But I don't know. That's mostly me. That's mostly what I've read. So I'm, I'm not 100% sure of that. So someone out there might be able to correct us. If you do, if you can, let us know. But... The gimmick, as far as I can tell now, is just their goofy heels. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Oedo Tai with Kyoko Kimura is vastly different without Kyoko Kimura. And you're not missing out on a joke. Like, I feel like I'm missing out too. But like I referenced <laughs> earlier with how, like, Shiki Shibusawa was something for the domestic audience, the current Oedo Tai is all for the Western audience. Because... You see them being gifted by like different accounts. All the Western starting fans are like, oh, I love Wait Tai, I love Pichan, which by the way, the only Pichan I like is Pichan from Ranma one half. That's the only one. <laughs> the little pig, not this panda. They love and, Pichan and what's your and like if you're trying to appeal to Western fans, putting Tom Nakano in is probably a great pick. Yeah. Because you just have that kind of luck, you know. Yeah, she's a former beginning pro wrestler, yeah. and she's a former or current idol. I don't know how active her idol group is. But yeah, Oedo Tiner's current form is totally for the Western audience. Like Chris Wolf, Hanakimura, it's a lot of like goofy fan service for like GIF accounts. Yeah. And like they do that dance that I'm not a big fan of. And I already have like some beef with Kagesu, but whatever. Like, your B for Kagetsu for not being a good enough lesbian lover to not get stabbed. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. Tanahashi got stabbed. Kagetsu <laughs> got stabbed. Goto's never been stabbed. <laughs> He's obviously a good husband. Toriano, never Toriano, never been stabbed. These good are, husband, are, good father. These are all these are all facts. Can't exactly can't argue with facts. But yeah, uh, Jr., you're not missing out on a joke because I feel like if we're not like from Euro yeah. Twitter or a GIF account, we're all missing out on the joke. It's a, it's it's a it's they're the weeb unit. Like let's be real. Yes. Like they are the weeb yeah. unit, oh which is fine. I mean, like I'm not I'm not gonna be out here judging other weebs. I'd, I'd have to start judging myself. Yeah. But um, but like that's what they are. You know, like that's what they. I and mean, it doesn't really. It doesn't really appeal to me that much either. And the weird, the weirdest thing is, I love Hannah Kimura. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.